dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. For all the effort that goes into leadership, what shall be our reward? After all, considering all that we sacrifice and do in order to make great things happen, what does God have laid up for us who have labored so hard for Him? Is it earthly glory? Is it power and prestige? What should it be? St. Thomas Aquinas offers us an amazing insight in his letter on the King. Hey everybody, thanks so much again for wanting to go deep with me and having the courage to question things. I want to ask God's Holy Spirit to come upon us before we go any further. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, fill this room, touch our hearts and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Inspire us to dare great things for Christ. And allow us to to know more deeply your call and your summons to be the men and women who will shape the world for you and for the glory of your Son. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well, you know, we, we come here because we're trying to understand what God wants out of us as leaders. And we go, we've gone through many different things, right? We've looked at the different steps of leadership, the stage of leadership. We looked at the, the, the struggles that we go through and we try to understand them in the light of Christ. But I want to speak to hear you hear about chapter nine of St. Thomas's De Regno, which is his book on the King, De Regno. And it's a letter that he wrote to the king of Cyprus as a gift, right? And just on kingship. And obviously what he says here about kingship can be very easily applied to leaders of all stripes, be that leaders in their home, be their leaders at work. It's just really hard to lead, period, because when you lead, you necessarily are taking a group of people from where they are right now to a place where they are not yet. And if there's one thing that's going to get people a little bit miffed in this world, it's going where they're not, right? It's, it's so much, it's like against the, the, the laws of, of human psychology to want to change. And it, to live is to change and to live perfectly is to change constantly, right? This is, and yet people just don't like that. If, if I could assure you all that nothing would change and that you could just stay in the status quo, 95% of you would just do just that. We would stop and we would say, thank you so much. And then we would just fill our, our moments with the pleasure that comes from whatever we can find in the area. But we love that peaceful security of knowing that things are not going to change. Right? It's just, and yet, fundamentally, we who are in leadership, we're all about change. 
not change for the better, right? We want to take the people from where they are, take the project from where it is, take the, the plan and create something new, create something out of nothing, right? It's the idea. So create something that hasn't existed before and it, be that a state or be that a th- new thing itself or, you know, an improvement of growth. We're all about growth, change, optimization, bringing things to a new state, right? So we are professional agitators, and most of us go through life getting nothing but grief from the people behind us, right? In the sense that of saying like, oh my gosh, you know, the children just wish that we wouldn't even be trying, you know, if you don't, if you just let the kids run wild, you know, it'd be so much easier than having to teach them to wash their hands, teach them to share their toys, right? And it goes right on down the line because it's the same thing, of course, you know, in, in our projects, the easiest way to succeed at a project is to never try it right? Then you're always a success. It's like that old saying, you know, it's better to be thought silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, right? But when you're called to be a leader, you're called to open your mouth. You're called to move. You're called to show what you've got. I remember speaking recently with a, an artist and the artist said, I'm so self-conscious. And he actually said, all artists are self-conscious because he said, because what if my stuff isn't good? It's like when I spoke with a dancer who was a, a ballerina and she said, it's so difficult being a ballerina because you, your body is what is judged. Like your, your body is the motion. You incarnate the art in yourself. So if you don't dance well, it's really hard to think of yourself as, as being good when you don't dance well and people are always judging you're dancing therefore they're always judging you right and and that's how we can feel in many different ways of leadership that's the arts for example but it, it, as soon as you take a group of people and you say i have an idea you're exposing yourself to ridicule and you're exposing yourself to their judgment and so you can say well what's the point of trying then if in fact it seems that not only do i wish i could stay in comfort but everyone around me seems to prefer comfort to actual change and improvement, then what am I trying to even accomplish anyway? This brings us back, right? For, for us who are Catholic leaders, this brings us right to our knees. And we realize that in the end, I'm leading because God has called me to. When he passed out talents into this world, he gave me 10. And maybe he gave someone else one, and maybe he gave someone else five. But you and I all know that he has entrusted us with much. And as he says in the gospel, to whom much has been entrusted, much will be expected. We could wish it wasn't that way. But on the other hand, we can only wish that when we've traded in the glory of true love for a pithy replacement called pleasure and comfort. When you've tasted true love, and you realize what it means to really live your life for someone else. And you realize that the battle between good and evil is waged right in my own heart and my decision to wage that battle. Well, then you realize what a blessing it is to have been given the 10 talents. And it's a wonderful thing. Everybody must do according as they have been given. But you and I, we have been given much. And we will be judged, not based upon the little that we did, but based upon the great things that we dared. 
because of what we've been given by God. It's just, in other words, when we have been entrusted with talents, we have to meet the amount of talent with the degree and intensity of our love. And that degree intensity of love rocks. It moves. It shifts. It's something that St. Paul speaks about as a goad. He says, Caritas Christi urgitnos. The, the love of Christ compels us. It drives us forward. We cannot allow the city that God has lit up to be anywhere except on the top of the mountain. We cannot allow the light that God has lit to be put under any bushel basket. And so, well, so we head off into the labors of leadership. But I want you to realize that that effort does not go without reward. In fact, God's holy word promises us that the reward will be great for those who lead. Let's take a look at what that looks like together. Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. St. Thomas writes about the reward that belongs to the king in chapter 9 of De Regno specifically. And he speaks in chapter 8, if you remember, all about glory. And he quotes some people that talk about how the glory, you know, what the king does, everything that the king does, he does it for glory, right? It's Aristotle who says that, for example, he says, because the prince for whom honor and glory is not sufficient consequently turns into a tyrant, right? So and it, it, honor and glory ought to be the reward of the prince, says the philosopher, and it's, it's true, right? You can kind of understand because the highest thing that could be is to do what is right and to be recognized for doing what is right, right? Could you imagine if your kids erected a statue of you on the front lawn after you you pass away and, and your eldest son puts up a bronze statue of dad, right? And there's dad with his, his fishing rod in his hands forever etched. And, and the kid says, you know, we shall love our father for all time because our dad was in fact the greatest of all dads, right? That, that would be the summit of glory. And if you're not satisfied with that, it, you know, the reward of doing what's good, well then, you know, you'll end up becoming a tyrant. But Thomas says, the problem is that that too is a little bit short-sighted because if you emphasize too much the recognition that you get for being good, you can miss the point of being good altogether. Thomas says that the reward for being good is found in the fact that you are good. And you can, if you're not careful, you can spend your time currying the favor of those who are in this world, those who are around you, trying to convince them that in fact you deserve their recognition. And to do such a thing, he says, is the sign of a small soul. A great soul does, does what is right because it is right. And they keep their freedom from being shackled to the opinions of others any way that it can come about. Now, so then he, he takes it a step further in chapter nine and he says, well, then what does this mean to, to have your reward in what you do? And it's beautiful what he says here. He, he goes on to say that, look, if you are not made for the things of this world, 
You were made for God. And if you stop thinking that the things of this world in one way or the other are going to satisfy the intense potential that you have in your soul, you have sold yourself short, my friends. Christianity is not a religion that minimizes things. It's not a religion that suffocates the human soul. It's not a religion that shackles down the true greatness of the human being. On the contrary, it unleashes us for heights that no earth could ever contain. The entire world is too small a thing for the Christian king. That's an amazing thought. And that's what Thomas puts forth there. Look at that optimism. People want to tell me all the time, you know, oh boy, being a Catholic, oh, it's about rules and regulations. And you just look at the person like they're crazy. What do you mean being a Catholic is about rules and regulations? <laughs> being a Catholic is about being the best friend of God. Okay? It's about looking towards God as if he was the one for whom you were living and you could actually dare all that you could possibly dare with the depths of your soul and all of your talents for that most noble of all things, the one thing that will not pass away, God himself. And you want to tell me that that's somehow boring? You think that having a Ferrari or going on, on cruises on yachts is somehow supposed to be more fulfilling than actually living and breathing in the Son of God as you labor with him and by his grace for the glory of the Father, the glory that God will give you. At the end of your life, you might have a statue erected to you by your son on your front lawn if, in fact, you've, you've done an incredible job. And that would be, of course, a fine thing. But it is nothing in comparison with having the Father say to you, when you come through those pearly gates... Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy. I'm telling you, there's nothing on this earth that can compare with what we have laid up for us in the bosom of God. And Aquinas has that bold audacity to say that's where the king should look. Just as our labors on this earth can be the most demanding because they summon from us the greatest extents and breadths and widths of our souls, so too our reward will be the greatest in heaven. For as it says in 1 Peter 5, it says, Feed the flock of God that is among you, and when the prince of pastors shall appear, that is the King of kings, Christ, you shall receive a never-fading crown of glory. So we do get glory. It is honor and glory that we seek. It's just not the honor and glory that come from the, those who are on this earth. And again, that, that's a, it's a fine thing, and it's even necessary to train us. But the Christian leader should surpass the pagan leaders in that we do what is right even when it is not popular and even when it costs us something. It's not the, the fact that we are well acclaimed or that we cling to our seats of power that warrants our leadership. What guarantees and, and undergirds our leadership, it's the, the reward of doing what is in the truth, acting on the truth, doing what is right. And we can imagine the dignity of the soul of a leader like that. I remember a moment when I encountered 
the spirit of that type of leadership. I was in Poland, in Krakow, Poland, and I was saying mass in the Wawel Castle. Wawel Castle. So it's the, the castle of the kings of Poland. They have a chapel there, which is, of course, like the, the cathedral of the diocese happens to be there. And I'm in the cathedral church of Krakow and the, saying mass at the high altar. And it was such an incredible experience. The altar is this black marble, reflected uh, with with gray, and the 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 chapel, the cathedral is dimly lit, and the tourists are going round about, and they they carve off a sacred place of silence for our group to say mass. And as I mounted the th- those steps, I climbed into history. For a thousand years, priests and bishops have climbed those steps. And there I was, face to face with the same crucifix that Pope John Paul II would use when he would say his mass at that same altar, face to face with the same crucifix that bishops had had faced for hundreds of years. And in the solemnity of that setting, I looked up and I see above me there the body of the first Catholic bishop of Poland who'd given his life unto martyrdom to defend the poor who were being oppressed by a tyrannical king. And it was there looking up at his body. I sensed the full weight of the dignity of the Christian ruler and what it means to protect and serve your people. Because I was standing literally in the footsteps of a thousand years of such protectors, guides, and leaders. It's just, it put a chill down my spine and an inspiration of my soul. What is God asking for from me? Father Nathan has founded the St. John Institute, the MBA program that develops students into the leaders of tomorrow by giving them a missionary's heart and an entrepreneur's mind. Visit our website at stjohninstitute.org. Dare great things for Christ. St. Thomas Aquinas casts a vision for the Christian leader that's very deep. He says, the goal of the leader shouldn't be anything on this earth, anything that's less than the full satisfaction of their soul. If everyone, he says, does something in order to be happy and reigning is an activity that should be done in order to be happy, We need to understand that nothing on this earth can ever satisfy us or make us fully happy except God. Why? Because everything else on this earth is limited. You can have a great, you know, bowl of ice cream. Would that be great with peanuts on top? Oh my gosh. And that hot caramel and on top of those, that hot caramel, a banana split. Can you imagine the joy, right? Yeah. And we're all imagining it, right? And then, but if you have too much of it, it'll make you sick. Well, that's kind of a strange thing to say your happiness. My happiness will make me sick if I have too much of it. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, right? You're like, no, no, no. Happiness is, you know, in a relationship. Well, that's just fine until the relationship dies. And then you're, not, you're left with sorrow and grief. My happiness, well, then what, what is life all about, Father Nathan? And I would say, look up. Life is about Sundays and life is about relationships. But life, but those relationships and, and those things, they're made all the more desirable and beautiful 
when they're put in relationship to something that never fades away and that is itself sufficient to fill our souls. Your longing of your heart can be answered. Your desire for for greatness can meet its match. The the quasi-infinity of the human heart and will and thirst can indeed be satiated and satisfied in the infinity that is actual and real, who is God, the ocean of goodness, whose love fills and whose truth sustains everything that we are. And this is what we need to be doing, everything that we're doing. St. Thomas says, in a sense, we get to understand that when we look at our leadership as an act of service. I'm not here, in other words, for me. I'm here for him. And to the degree that I enter into that optic, that perspective on leadership, is the degree that I descend into the real labors of leadership. And I, and I take upon my shoulders another strategic plan and the criticism that can come when people say that we shouldn't have changed the strategic plan that we had three years ago. And, you know, on all of the stuff that we go through, all of the, the lack of phone calls. And again, you, they don't call you back and then you got to reach out to them again and then presenting and moving and preparing and doing all kinds of work only to have it not even be considered and thrown underneath the rug, right? All of the things that irritate and, and that can grind us down about doing what we need to do. When we, when we look at that as an opportunity for me to sing the love that I have for God, well, then all of that becomes full of luster and beauty because in that grind, I'm actually glorifying. In my grinding down, he is glorified the more. I exalt my God by lowering myself. If I accept that that indeed is my mission, to make this world a better place, to fight for the unity of my workplace, to create a team of people and a harmony amongst them that gives their work satisfaction and delivers their goods sustainably, that brings equity and justice in order to this world. Well, my friends, then we don't hesitate to descend. Why? Because we descend the more in our bodies that we ascend in our souls. I, I want to encourage you guys. You guys are here and, and receiving this amazing formation from the St. John Institute. And it's because what we, we want you to have that vision that says that there is nothing on this earth that is too big to be attacked and under, undertaken with the love of God, that the charity of Christ can impel me too to do those things. And we get that, we get that indomitable spirit and that spirit of conquest to dare great things for him. The more that we put our hearts in heaven, in this hopeful, optimistic, joyful vision to say, I'm made for a God who loves me and wants me to be with him. It allows me to, to, to tackle the hardest projects here on earth and to tackle them as if they were an occasion to sing his love. I proclaim the love of God by making that love real for my brothers and sisters in the world. 
Because if there was no sewer line that was taking everyone's sewage away, the cities would be less dignified. My job is laying the sewer line. It's to take away the filth of the city because my brothers and sisters in this world deserve the dignity of living without disease. All right. And you could, but the reason why I teach is to bring light into the minds and, and uplift and inspire a whole generation of young people. Why? Because they deserve to have a teacher who stands in front of them and does just that. Don't think of yourself too small. What St. Peter says that you're going to receive a never fainting crown of glory. Do you know what? In Isaiah 28, five, it actually says that that crown of glory it's God himself. The Lord shall be a crown of glory. I'm not just going to get a reward. I'm going to get a reward. I'm going to re get a union with God. <laughs> my Lord is my strength and he is my prize. And the great things that I endeavor for him, well, they actually are rewarded by himself. This is just such an awesome vision. That we deserve to give this world. This world deserves to hear that the labors that it undertakes, it, it's not just that it makes the world a better place. It's not just that leadership improves processes. It's that leadership is a proclamation of service to a king who transcends this world with a reward that is bigger than anything that can be found in this world. I do all that I do in order to gain Christ and to be found in him and to know his resurrection. That's what St. Paul said. Wouldn't it be amazing if each one of us said the same thing? You know, St. Thomas puts it just beautifully. He, he starts quoting St. Augustine. He says, What worldly and frail honor can indeed be likened to this honor, that a man be made a citizen with the saints and a kinsman of God? Ephesians 2.19 numbered among the sons of God, and that he obtained the inheritance of the heavenly kingdom with Christ. This is the honor of which King David in desire and wonder says, your friends, O God, are made exceedingly honorable. Well, my friends, God has a reward for you that is exceedingly honorable. He wants to make you kins of himself, to be one with him, don't ever allow yourselves to think what you're doing does not have importance or that your struggle is not worth it. God will reward you and bless you a hundred times for all you've done for him. He loves you and he himself is your reward and your prize. May he be blessed and glorified forever. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.